Hello there, ladies and gentlemen. Today on Interest Podcast, this is Tome. This is Anyo. And we're going to be doing our episode on Oxford versus Cambridge, where we just like kind of compare these colleges. So uh, let's start. Um, what do we know? It's uh, both of these colleges, they'll generally be looking for the Cambridge students when it comes to acceptance, right? Let's just cut to the chase. Uh, we follow the IMYC and AP curriculum, which is way different than what they're looking for. They look for IBs, they look for GS- GCSEs, which are the general certification of secondary education. And like, it's like these separate courses that you would see being taken at Archlung Elite ASU, and ISU does the IB, I believe. All right, and when it comes to these sorts of courses, um, we don't really have them here. And also, like, they they do they will take your AP and SAT scores, but because of the fact that they're just like completely different sorts of systems under the UK system, it's kind of awkward to get in from our school and other schools that are like us because AP and IGCSE and A and AS level tests are really different, right? For example, AP tests, it's 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 on just a completely digit digit based scale where you either get a one, two, three, four, or five. But the other tests that they're looking for that are under these Cambridge curriculums, right? They they're actually fractional. So you you can have like a 5.8, 5.9, or a full perfect six. You can make up to two mistakes per test, I believe, in order to get a six. So that's how you know, right? There's a there's actually a huge gap between a kid with a four and a five when it comes to AP tests, right? But then there's also going to be even larger gaps between people that can get a 5.9 and a six because those people with sixes are absolute geniuses. And that's why when it generally comes to getting into these schools, it's very hard. They'll also look for very high GPA. Of course, that's expected. You can get in with a few Bs, but basically almost all of your classes have to be like perfect A's, especially your APs, IBs, or those high level AAS level classes. But all right, let's let's uh, that's that's it's just a basic warm up for you guys. You know, if any of you are wondering, so all the idiots that are listening to the podcast, you could just kind of leave knowing you won't get in. Okay, let's get to the experience of Oxford now. So from what I've gathered, all right, this is what I've heard from students that have actually gone there and what I've combed through the internet to find. Generally, uh, everything happens in lecture based courses. This is we aren't talking about liberal arts schools, right? We're talking about like the top universities in the world that are really leading in research, and they have all these brainy professors but they really won't plan on helping you so in apparently a traditional american education system right you basically don't even ever need to look at your textbook because your professor right they're just going to be explaining everything that happens within a chapter by chapter and class is really easy in the u.s and other kinds of countries but in oxford and cambridge apparently right there's so much to study that you actually do have to look up your textbook and need to figure out what is going to be on the test by yourself and there's like a ludicrous amount of stuff right and your professor in class, they'll just talk about some random shit and it won't be nearly enough time to cover whatever you're learning. And then when it comes to office hours or when it comes to questions, kids that went there, people like Tirgit from Arantlang, who spent like a year there, said that the professors basically just try to grab their papers and run away. They'll take like one question and just run away when everyone's asking like, professor, what's this? What's this? So it's really funny. And so essentially at Oxford, your professor doesn't bother teaching you anything and everything's going to be on the test anyways. It, it's really a shame. And also, the uh, there's this guy I know who's, 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 who's like one of the coaches for Team Singapore. He was one of the coaches for Team Singapore in the World Schools Debating Championships. He's currently doing his PhD, I believe, on 
Southeastern history and it's Southeast Asian history. And again, it's all just heavily based on self-research, everything that you have to do for yourself. However, the interesting thing with Oxford is that apparently there are these tutor systems, right? So because your professor doesn't plan on helping you, there's going to be this master's grad or maybe a doctorate grad who's going to be assigned to help you run through all of your courses. So once a week, you'll have like two, three, maybe four hours with them, and they'll essentially help you understand the lessons. And it's not like teaching you, right, where they'll explain everything to you. No, they probably don't even understand half the shit themselves. Apparently, they'll give you homeworks. They'll tell you what to study for and what to look for because they probably gave the same tests and did the same degree that you did before, right? So you know exactly what to expect. And it's kind of like a study buddy who is just better than you at everything and helps tutor you so that you're not completely lost when it comes to your courses. Damn. Okay, well, the fun fact about Cambridge is that it actually divides its academic year into three terms, uh, as whereas like most schools in Mongolia, just most schools in general, uh, high schools, they divide the academic life into quarters, and then they don't even give, give them names, they just go like first quarter, second quarter, which is kind of boring. But for at Cambridge, the first, the name for the first term, for the fall term is called Michaelmas like Christmas, but Michaelmas. And that's because uh, the, the, the term falls on the same day as this Christian festival, the feast of St. Michael and all angels. And then the second term, the winter term is called Lent, because there's this uh, six week fasting period before Easter that uh, falls on the same day as the academic uh, Lent term. And then the third term, the spring term is Easter, it's called Easter, which is pretty self-explanatory, I guess. So that's one fun fact that I've learned about Cambridge. So the location, since it's a university, has like many uh, subunits and colleges, and all of them, like if you look at the map, all of them are evenly like distributed. Oh my God, statistics! Evenly distributed along the riverside, <laughs> <laughs> along the riverside. So it's kind of fun. I've, I've read that most people take like uh, strolls and like take evening walks along the river while getting while trying to get from one college to another, which is which I expect very romantic, I guess. Romantic as in like <laughs> what's your, okay? This might be a personal question, but are you gonna like dump Timuge, go there and have like a uh, an English boyfriend? <laughs> like, what are you imagining? What the hell? Why would you ask me that? I'm not the one who dumped him, okay? What I I got dumped, bro. Oh man, <laughs> what I had no idea. Oh, that's a shame, anyways. Well, I mean, so not necessarily got dumped, I guess. We just, I mean, he was very pressured with the breakup, but uh, we talked about it, and I guess like that was the only possible solution for the whatever situation we were in. So we just decided to break up. Wow, cool Emerson fact to anyone listening. But yeah, wow, speaking of romance, I heard that like a lot of British boys are super cute. I remember like all of all of the seniors that I, that I knew, at least all the girl seniors, like really stand a lot of the guys that were going to like King's College and shit. So that's something, I guess. I guess if you walk along the rivers, the river themes, you'll run into plenty of cute boys. What What else have you gathered? The weather. <laughs> what, what about the weather? All right, let's hear it. Let's hear it. 
I'm very much of a uh, sun-preferred person. I prefer the sun, sunny weather when it's hot outside and there are flowers blooming. But uh, in England, it's actually, I mean, everyone knows this, but it's very rainy and gloomy and cloudy. And as I said, there's a lot to romanticize about this. It's very, uh, it's very, it's when it's like rainy and gloomy outside, you can just have like deep thoughts and be depressed about life in general. But it's also very fun because you get to walk in the rain, get wet, which I don't know why, but I just like the feeling of wet clothes gripping your skin. <laughs> uh yeah i mean that's true there really are at oxford too there really isn't a lot of like student run fun clubs or anything like that that you would expect out of like a lot of u.s colleges where they'll have like a paintball club or they'll have like a mountain biking club and they have all of these crazy activities but apparently right another another guy i knew that's like that was also doing like a year at oxford says that the only thing that he could do was like just just go to the bar and that's what he did like 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 he'd go to his two-hour lecture right at like nine and or like eight and it's it's at it ends at 10 or 11 and then when it's noon he goes to the bar gets a bunch of beers eats a bunch of food and then he comes back for like his afternoon lectures that's really all you can do there's nothing else cool to do in that country I mean, maybe britain's just boring or he's just a guy who didn't explore enough i have no clue but I feel like that's fairly reasonable considering that as a college student, you will rarely ever get to leave your campus because there is still a lot of shit to do at any given moment, right? And so it's kind of a shame that he was confined like this because he was also caught during COVID when he was in the UK. And he supposedly said that because there was so little to do and it got the, the, what he could do was reduced even more. He straight up kind of just wanted to shoot himself in his dorm. That's how fucking boring it was. So yeah, um, the gloom can get to you, which is a real shame. Okay, I also gathered that Cambridge, uh, like I, I was looking through some rankings, and it's actually ranked number four in all of Europe in its chemistry department. Oh, sorry, fourteen in its chemistry department, and I'm going with a chemistry major, so I, s I expect that it would be very well something what what major are you going for to me i have no clue i don't want to study either of these schools but you know what's funny uh when i was first looking for universities it was like when Nimok gave us homework in 10th grade two years ago the first university i looked up was i believe it was like the swiss polytechnic in louver it's like this French school and it's got all of these like Swiss staff and teachers. And I thought it was so cool because I was a STEMI kid back then. And supposedly they had you, you could go to like a fission reactor as an engineering student. And if you're also studying energy, you would also be taken to like nearby water power plants and shit that the school helped build and operates. It's really insane. And Oxford, right? It's not as crazy as the Louvre, as, as the Polytechnic in Louvre, but from what I gathered, they supposedly have this thing called like an A3 laboratory where 
like as a bio or chemi student, you're basically put into like this laboratory, which is basically a bunker, right? And it's like in those men in black movies where you put on all these suits and go in because you're actually studying diseases that are complete biohazards that are absolutely lethal to human life. And you get to go into these crazy sealed rooms and that's how you get to work. Now, I assume this is mainly for masters or doctorates, doctorate students out there, but maybe as an undergrad, you know, you, you, you can get to like, you maybe can receive a tour or something. I'm not very certain as to how it works, but yeah, I thought that was very interesting. Yeah, it does sound very fun. I want to go there, maybe even make like my life, sh make sure that my life is a threat. I don't know. <laughs> she alright. She, I, I just wants to get infected with cancer too. I don't know, but <laughs> she said yes. But yeah, it's really bizarre. Oh, also, um, this may come a bit late, but if if you guys are wanting to get into these generally UK or European schools, they want you to have like your direction already in mind. Trying to get into one of these schools as an undecided major is not going to work. It only happens in the U.S. Because they only want kids that are absolutely committed to their dedication and that actually have an idea of what they want to do in life. right? They, they want these pre-planned students, basically. That's how technical they are. So I remember... Um, Ninchung and BBH, right? They, they were they both got into UPenn as like STEMIs, but they also applied to the, the the British schools, and they straight up wanted to cure certain diseases that they had in mind. I believe BBH wanted to cure some kind of allergy type, and that's crazy. And that that was like the amount, of, and that's like the average amount of that dedication that they're expecting from people as students. So you need to be like just a big nerd if you ever want to go to these schools. If you also ever decide to go somewhere to school in UK, it's very expensive. I remember going to England back in 2018 and even like a small gazette was like one or two pounds each, which I found to be very expensive at the time. And that was like in 2018. So now it's 2023. So I expect the price would have like gone up. Right. Yeah. UK is probably expensive as shit. And it's also boring too, you know what, like, just don't go to Oxford nor Cambridge. I mean, honestly, they're so similar, like it doesn't really matter which one you pick. I mean, it matters in a sense, like, it matters, the ranking matters. I mean... I mean, if you're, if you're like a stuck-up person who's really, uh, who like, cares a lot about reputation and stuff like that, you should probably go for Oxford because it has a higher ranking than Cambridge. And I, I, you know, second oldest university in the world, all of that prestige, but ultimately like, who cares? Besides Cambridge is more manageable to get into. If you basically studied under the Cambridge education system, right? And you have good grades on your IGCSEs and your A and AS levels, like you can get admitted into Cambridge really easily. Whereas Oxford, right? Oxford is just so much more selective. I mean, yeah, that's it. I mean, guys, just good luck with your admissions. There really isn't all that much we can tell you that Dimoach would already teach you about. This is just basic overviews and what we've gathered so far. So think about it, dwell on it. If you want somewhere gloomy and sad, 
you can go to the UK if you want to drink yourself to death. You can go to the UK. I mean, if you're a fucking nerd, then I guess you can go to the UK. And if you're like a giga nerd, you can go to Oxford. But if you still want to have like a social life, then go to Cambridge. Anyways, thank you. That's This is Tomeo saying goodbye. This is Anya saying goodbye. Thank you for listening to Interest Podcast.